You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Well, see, this is what happens when Dave is off. You get our DJ to play some tunes, that Biggie who shot you. Hip-hop turned 49 two days ago. Jake, I got a question for you. When I say hip-hop, what's like your first song that comes to mind? Or artist? It could be song or artist. The first artist. Well, I mean, I know you're looking for that Biggie, Tupac type I'm answer. I'm just looking for any, because I want to see like where the degrees of separation are. Hip-hop turned 49 years old a couple of days ago. Next year, it will be 50 years, which is crazy. A uh, big celebration. So I just want to know, like, when you hear, like, birthday of hip-hop, like, hip-hop, the, the genre, what, what comes to mind for you? And, and you don't have to wow me. I just want to know, like, just from your perspective, like, what comes to mind? When I think of hip-hop, I think of rappers and artists like Jay-Z. Nice. So you think of the greatest rapper of all time. I know that's your guy. Yeah. Not a bad place to go. Yeah, I think of the guys that I listened to growing up, Lil Wayne, Kanye, but uh, yeah, Jay-Z and guys like that certainly paved the way for the newer Were guys. Were you an Eminem guy at all? Yeah, I liked Eminem for sure. Okay, Harvey, put you on the spot, because I know you're a big hip-hop fan. Comes to mind. What immediately comes to mind? Guru from Gangstar. Oh, okay. Going, going Guru from Gangstar. A little old school, old school. I know our program director, Ryan Hurley, is a big hip-hop fan. So he says, I sound like Q-Tip from Tribe, which I've actually heard that a couple of times since he said that. But um, that's that's pretty funny. Ty, two, two hours to play with, one hour down, in for Dave Rothenberg. We're going until noon right here on 98.7 ESPN. Connor Hughes, about an hour ago, tweeted out that per sources, the Jets believe... Uh, they've avoided the worst-case scenario with Zach Wilson. He's going to miss a few weeks, but he'll be back this season. They they believe they've avoided the worst-case scenario. There is an MRI that was scheduled. We are waiting for the results. That is something we will keep you posted on as soon as it comes in. Uh, speaking of Robert Sala and the New York Jets, here was the update he had last night on the post game that you can he- that you could have heard right here on 9870 ESPN. No update yet. We're going to wait on the MRI to get more details tomorrow. Do you have a sense of the severity of the injury? My sense has always been opposite, so let's just throw out the away. We'll wait till tomorrow, guys. Seriously, like it. I have information in my head. I'm just, just going to leave it alone. Do you think Wilson's injury is an ACL? Until they dig, they won't know. Let's, they know when they... Okay. Yeah, I, that part is supposed to be intact, so, but again... Guys, let's just wait until the ACL or the uh, MRI. Let's wait until yeah. Let's just wait until the MRI. Yeah. So maybe, just maybe, per the reports this morning, we've avoided what would have been just an unfortunate turn of events for the Jets, with Zach Wilson being lost for the season, and now you're once again in a, a territory that's all too familiar with you entering year three with a quarterback who you really have no idea if he's your guy. But it looks like the Jets might have avoided that. So hopefully he's able to return rather quickly and be ready for that week one matchup against the Baltimore Ravens because, in theory, on paper, you're a much better team than you were last year. How much better uh, as far as the gap you've closed between you and the rest of the AFC because it's a loaded conference? That remains to be seen, but I do like what I've seen uh, from Garrett Wilson, not just in training camp, but last night. Look the part, Corey Davis. Um, Braxton Berrios coming off his first team all pro season. Elijah Moore is probably the number one receiver on this team. Brees Hall, Michael Carter, your running back combination, an improved offensive line. You've added Jermaine Johnson to your defense. Sauce Gardner, obviously, is your cornerback. 
and the Jets just can't be any worse defensively than they were last year when they were literally the worst defense in the league. So hopefully you've avoided the scare that is Wilson being out for the season and he can come back and you can, um, you know, have some have some fun this year and, and win some games because that's always fun. Winning games is always fun. Another thing that's fun, um, if you are the Giants watching Daniel Jones get through a game without getting injured. Now, Evan Neal got blown up on a play on the, on the second drive of the game. Daniel Jones took, a, I believe it was a six-yard sack. You know, the, 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 best, the biggest takeaway from that was he didn't turn the ball over. He did not turn the ball over. You're looking for Daniel Jones this season to show growth in performance, but it's all predicated on his ability to stay on the field, which he has not been able to do so far throughout the first three years of his career. If there is a guy to tap into his unlocked potential, it is Brian Dable, who the entire league is high on as far as his offensive mind because of his turnaround with Josh Allen, who, I mean, people forget just how bad Josh Allen was his first year. And it wasn't just the turnovers, but it was just him being inaccurate, missing wide open receivers. And now last year, you know, he was a play away from being in the AFC championship game. He was in the MVP conversation until Aaron Rodgers took it away from him. So if he can have that type of an impact on the Giants offense, then you have to feel pretty good about that. But back to the phones, 800-919-3776. Ty D. Butler on Twitter. Dove in Huntington wants to chop it up about Zach Wilson. Dove, holla at me. Absolutely. Hey, hey, my man. Uh, good to talk to a fellow Jet fan today and not, you know, that nasty Giant fan, Dave Rothenberg, you know. So, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's he's, brethren. he's on vacation in his Speedos somewhere, sipping on a, a Patron margarita, forgetting about all the turnovers his quarterback has committed in the first three years, forgetting about that his playoff, his team hasn't won a playoff game in a decade. So we allow him to sit in wherever he is on that beach and just be to himself. Absolutely. Well, listen, uh, you know, unfortunately calling to talk about Zach Wilson, I'm happy that it appears we've avoided the worst, but to me there's a larger takeaway here. What's um, that? So can we establish the fact that the announced focus for Zach Wilson for this season was for him to just execute simple plays, settle down, not try to make something out of nothing, and not try to give the game away all in one play? Can we, can we establish that? They've said that, have they not? Yes, and that's usually what – the commentary surrounding a rookie quarterback is, but more so with Zach Wilson, who many times last year did look overwhelmed. Yes. Now, now that being said, if you're coming out and saying, I'm just going to settle down and execute the simple plays and let my players make plays for me, why in preseason week one, which is literally the most meaningless game you could ever play in the history of football, would you decide to, A, take the ball yourself, which is stupid, B, not run out of bounds, which is stupid, and then C, not even slide, try to charge forward and juke around, and then you sprain your ACL or PCL? So if that is the announced goal, can I just ask the question, what in good God is he? Uh, Dove, so here's the thing. I, I think that, so let's just, let's just move in reverse order. Not sliding, absolutely. He he has to get down and slide. You have to protect yourself. You are an asset to the. You're an asset to the team. You're the most important player on the team. You cannot get hurt. So one, uh, so C, your C on this list. He has to slide. B, getting out of bounds, absolutely. I I don't know that in that 
in that instance. He's thinking too much about it. He's just trying to get as many yards as possible. But to your point, if he does that, then you have to slide. Now let's go to A. I can't fault him for trying to make something out of nothing because what you just mentioned was last year, like him making bad decisions, and part of that was what we saw in the first drive where he's force-feeding a receiver, staring at him down, even though the guy wasn't open. So if he, if part of his maturation process is, I've got legs, I can use them, I can run, I don't have a problem with that as long as you're taking care of B and C, which is going out of bounds and sliding. If you stay in and, I, and that, and that, and that is a good point. You know, I guess, I guess, given the context of preseason, the last thing I want to see at all is my quarterback scrambling around. Um, I think that if he was a rookie and it was more like, you know, as a fan, I need to see what I have. I think I would buy into him scrambling a little more, and I might even be impressed by it. But I've seen it. You know what I mean? We've seen it. So for me, especially with how important a year this is. I just I can't imagine not having a bubble wrap mentality again in preseason quarter one week one. I get you know? it, and I get it. It's a good phone call, Duff. Appreciate you calling in. I will say that part of that though is is um is hindsight because if Zach Wilson, let's just say none of that happens with the injury, he gets up, he returns to the huddle, and he marches down the field for a touchdown. What are we saying today? Oh, his ability to respond after throwing an opening drive interception. He comes back, and we see the full Zach Wilson experience where he's you know hitting guys for bombs and stride, using his legs to elude the, de- elude the defense, and driving his team down for a score, which we didn't see a lot of last year. So part of that is hindsight. If we avoid the injury last night, no one's talking about him needing to be more careful and not running and not showing you know, the full arsenal of weapons in a, in a meaningless preseason. Zach understands how big of a year this is for him, so he wants to put it all on display and utilize all of his all of his skills. And one of them is his legs, which, you know, I, I would say for at least the beginning of the season when he was really struggling, we didn't see him use his legs enough. Where he's got receivers covered and he's force-feeding guys. He's panicking. That clock is starting to tick on him because he the, the offensive line was such a mess, he's running for his life. So there really was no rhythm for him. And then, you know, yesterday, it looked like we, I was I was ready to tweet, wow, hopefully you see more of that from Zach Wilson this year. And then seconds later, he got hurt. Subi in Midtown wants to chat about Zach. What's up, Subi? Hey, Mr. Butler, regarding the Jets, I think the worst thing that, teams do in this NFL has become copycat teams and the Jets with picking Zach Wilson they were thinking they were going to get a gunslinger like Aaron Rodgers type instead they should have made the safe choice Kyle Pitts Trey Lance you saw yesterday Trey Lance staying in the pocket throwing a deep bomb I mean these teams you know you were mentioning running out of the pocket getting something like Zach Wilson was doing end of the year that's not a safe choice that's not a safe way to build uh, an NFL Super Bowl team you haven't seen that happen no, you haven't seen running quarterbacks or even quarterbacks who throw 50 touchdowns and all this. Like You haven't been seeing that. Wait, hang on. Hey, Subi, hang on. We haven't yeah. seen running quarterbacks. We haven't seen a quarterback throw Bowl. 50 touchdowns and win the Super Bowl, except that literally three years ago, uh, the Chiefs did that. Like we, we literally watched Patrick Mahomes win a Super Bowl doing exactly that. I still think it was more than just Patrick Mahomes, but nonetheless— I think this team has to build through their defense. And 
eight games is going to come more through stability than a, a quarterback throwing 50 touchdowns. That's, that's all i got to say. Stability. That's it. All right, Subi, appreciate the call. I vehemently disagree with that. Uh, I, I gave you the Mahomes um, being the picture-perfect example of everything you outlined that doesn't work in the NFL. And for your reply to that to be, I don't think he was the sole reason when, I mean, he was handed the Super Bowl MVP trophy. Re- really a tough argument to make. Uh, the running quarterback, I mean, look, Josh Allen runs, Lamar Jackson runs, Patrick Mahomes runs, right? Like, those are three of the best quarterbacks we have in the conference and and, and all of football. Lamar's won an MVP, Josh Allen and, and Patrick Mahomes. Every year it feels like, let's just say for the next five years, it'll be a conversation between those two guys as, you know, who is the favorite to come out of the conference. And, and those are running quarterbacks who are gunslingers. So I don't, I don't know that I subscribe to the idea that we need to get away from running quarterbacks. We need stationary pocket guys. No, it's when you are a, a, a guy who runs, you have to be more careful. You have to prioritize. Like Aaron Rodgers is a guy who runs, not as much as he used to, but he's he's a guy who runs. Russell Wilson, these guys run. You just have to be smarter about how you attack it um, and avoiding injuries because you're the most important guy in the field. Everyone should be protecting themselves from injuries but obviously, when the quarterback gets hurt, it's just going to hit harder. It just is. I see the jet calls lining up. Uh, do got to get into the mess of it. I keep saying that. We will talk about them snapping, uh, having their win streak snapped last night. The Yankees conversation still on the table, just to, about how concerned you are with this team. We are going until noon. Ty D. Butler on Twitter and Instagram, 800-919-3776, right here on 9870 ESPN. <laughs> Ty Butler in for Rothenberg this morning. Stump Rothenberg in about 10 minutes. Hopefully I don't embarrass myself. Today's New York Mets injury report brought to you by Total Orthopedics, Spine, and Sports Medicine. Last night we saw multiple injuries, and that came uh, to infielders Jeff McNeil and Eduardo Escobar. McNeil exited after grounding out in the second inning with a right thumb laceration. Mike Puma reporting he received two or three stitches in that thumb, and uh, Escobar departed with left side tightness. The Mets uh, lost last night to the Phillies 2-1. to Scherzer was excellent. His ERA is down to 1.93. Adovino continues to shine. Edwin Diaz has been a star. The Mets pitching, I mean, you're not going to have to be worried about that. It was the offense that went quiet last night, but I I still maintain that that's not going to be a problem in the postseason. If they lose, it'll just be because the Dodgers are better. It it will be because the Braves, um, despite not being better during the regular season, with that championship pedigree they won last year, they've proven to be the better team. We're now learning that, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. is done for 80 games, so that is a huge blow to the Padres. Remember when Juan Soto wishing good luck to opposing teams' pitching staffs? Well, now you just lost arguably your best hitter. Uh, And Fernando Tatis Jr., he was on the comeback trail. He was injured, coming back, and now he's out for 80 games. So the rest of this season and then a portion of next season, that's a big blow to the Padres, but good news for the Mets because that, in theory, is one less team you will have to go through. That's the Mets Injury Report brought to you by Total Orthopedic Spine and Sports Medicine. Total Ortho Express is Long Island's premier orthopedic immediate care 
where no appointment is needed. After all, time doesn't heal wounds. They do. And meanwhile, on the Yankee side of things, today's New York Yankees injury report, also brought to you by Total Orthopedic Spine and Sports Medicine, looks like uh, Luis Severino is on the comeback trail. So a report yesterday that he is expected to throw a bullpen on Monday. Jake Montgomery, big Yankee fan, your confidence level on a scale of 1 to 10 in Luis Severino? If he's healthy, I feel pretty good. I mean, from what we've seen from him this season, it seemed like he was kind of the guy that we thought he was going to be before he got injured, but that's the thing. He seems to be always injured. So until I see him, you know, back and healthy, I don't really know what to think. I'm thinking maybe he comes back and is a bullpen piece. What do you think when he comes back? Well, I, I think he comes back. If this team is to be successful, he, he can't be just a bullpen piece. I think he has to be a starter. You get Garrett Cole, and if he pitches the way he did against Seattle, Garrett Cole, no issues and, and no trepidation. Though it still will be because of what happened last year. But with Garrett Cole... Um, being the only guy you feel great about, Nestor Cortez, you feel good about. He just doesn't have playoff experience. Um, there are a lot of question marks. Uh, Frankie Montas uh, was 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 pretty awful in his debut for the Yankees, but I, I think you need Severino to be the so, be a starter. So let me ask you a question, Ty. Out of all of the Yankees pitchers, starting pitchers, relief pitchers, is there? I mean, I, I guess it's Garrett Cole. Maybe you just mentioned Cortez. Is there anyone on the mound that you feel like a, I wouldn't say a hundred percent confident in, but who like who on this team do you really trust in the big moment? Yeah, see that's the thing, and and it's a problem when it's okay. It has to be Garrett Cole because he's a you know multi-time All Star. He's the guy who's finished top five Cy Young what like three times in his career. He's the guy you're paying three hundred and twenty-four million dollars. It has to be him. Um, but after the, the the Red Sox implosion at Fenway Park last October, I mean, sure, it's him, but it's who who else is it outside of him? Tyone has been a mess. Uh, Cortez was was really good the other day. I think Frank, uh, Frankie Montas will be good for the Yankees. But the guy I trust the most it's it's obviously Garrett Cole. But then a- after that, who is it? The the not getting Luis Castillo, man, really stung. That really stung. Yeah, and not only that, I feel like, I don't know if the schedule just worked out that way. I feel like we've seen him like five times in the last two weeks, and every time he's kind of dominated yeah. the Yankees lineup. And in your head, you're thinking to yourself, man, it would be nice to have, have this guy it. on our side. But yeah, until Montas really shows me, and don't get me wrong, I know he's a good pitcher. Obviously, we've seen good pitchers come here in the past, whether it's Sonny Gray or Lance Lynn, and just not be able to be successful in New York. But at least for myself, when I see we when the Yankees get players from teams like the Rangers, Joey Gallo, or the A's, and they come from these teams that are really just not used to not just being in a big market, but being on a, on, a, on a winning team, <laughs> yeah. I need to see those players really be successful in that moment before I have any trust or confidence in them. The problem, as we go back to Severino, is... You, you typically want your starters to give you around 30 starts a year. And it was something that he did in 2017 and in 2018. Since then, he's given you 19 starts in three years. 19 starts. Well, I think the good thing about Severino, at least, is that you've seen him be successful coming out of the bullpen. So at least in that, if you're trying to find some type of optimism, looking at it like that, 
you've seen in the past him come out of the bullpen and be this guy. But I need him as you, a starter. Yeah, I, I got I need you. him as a starter. In an ideal world, he would be your three or four starter behind Cole or Montas and then kind of round it up with Cortez. But we've mentioned off-air, on-air, in a playoff series – the Yankees are going to have to go with four starters. Cole, obviously one of them. Montas, obviously one of them. And then Cortez Jr. has certainly earned his spot. And then Severino would be that ideal fourth guy. If not, who would it be? Tyone, who's been terrible. Herman, who certainly stepped up. But, yeah, there's going to be a fourth guy. And not to compare the Yankees to the Mets, but I was talking to my dad the other day. Any team going against the Mets in a five-game series or a seven-game series, having to play... DeGrom and Scherzer both twice in a series. The Mets realistically should be, I think, it pains me to say as a Yankees fan, in a playoff series, I don't think there's any team better formed right now than the New York Mets. Because of their rotation. But let's not forget about the Dodgers. Buster only had this stat uh, earlier today. Outscoring their opponents by an average of 2.77 runs per game. At this rate, they'd finish the year with a run differential of, check this out, 382, which be which which would be the second best in baseball's modern era post 1900, only behind the 39 Yankees. So you have to go back to almost uh, a century ago to the 39 Yankees, where they were plus 411. Dodgers on place to be plus 382. So the Mets in great shape. Um, I don't know that they're the favorites to come out the NL. But wouldn't shock me. I got you. And now with the news of Tatis, I think the Mets are above the Padres. And to your point, the Dodgers are incredible. They have, like, Cody Bellinger batting ninth, and he won the MVP. They still have Chris Taylor, like, at the bottom. Their their offense is incredible. The Kershaw injury is one to be concerned about. That's what I was about to say. Bueller's been out for a while. So they have their injury concerns, too. And I, I get it. The Dodgers are probably, on paper, the best team in baseball. And I'm a Yankees fan. Obviously, the last month and a half has not been ideal. I really think the more I watch this Mets team, I, it's it's really, really going to be a tough challenge for anyone to get through Scherzer, DeGrom. And let's not like talk about the other guys like they're nothing. You know, Bassett, Walker, Carrasco. They've been excellent. They've all been excellent. So the Mets, I think they're they're in they're in great shape right now. Mets are in great shape. Severino, as I mentioned, expected to throw a bullpen on Monday. That's the Yankees injury report brought to you by Total Orthopedics, Spine and Sports Medicine. Total Ortho Express is Long Island's premier orthopedic immediate care where no appointment is needed. After all, time doesn't heal wounds. They do back to the phone lines. We go Jay in Franklin Park. What's up, Jay? Thanks for taking the call. Of course, um, man. What's up? So I didn't I didn't call about the Mets, but I'm a huge Mets fan, and I they just are an amazing team to watch. You know, I think they do all the little things, and they remind me a lot of the Royals team that beat us, where it was like little ball, and it was so frustrating because you just thought, I wish I had a team that did all the little things right. So it's really exciting to have a team like that to watch. And, you know, as Mets fans, I don't think any of us get overconfident because we're stuck in the mindset of everything's going to yeah. go wrong. You've so, seen you've um, seen too much heartbreak to yep. f- to fully entrench yourself into a territory that's you know we're going to win it all and and nothing's going to stop exactly. us. You, you've you've seen um, it go the other way. But I hear you, man. Yeah. You have to be excited. Um, so real quick before I get to the point why I called, I just want to say anybody who's watched Josh Allen play who doesn't think that that is the current prototypical quarterback like in the NFL to want to have on your team like has not watched him play. He, I'm a Jets fan, and he blew my mind last year in the playoffs. I, 
I did not expect him to be that. And he was he was the better quarterback on the field between him and Mahomes. So, um, yeah, and, 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 and maybe it came down to the dumb overtime rule where you know the the team who gets the ball first scores, the game is over. Maybe if Josh, everyone wanted to see Josh Allen get a crack at it. You know that duel between yeah. him and Mahomes. Uh, to your point, I I one thousand percent agree. Yeah. Okay. So now here's the reason I called. I'm not a. I'm not, I've also. Uh, losing you, Jay. You still there, Jay? And I was thinking about it. Like the guy's on the injured list. He's not playing. Should we get? Should we? Uh, and I asked. Ah, uh, Jay, we're losing you. A friend of mine. Okay. Go ahead. Can you hear me? All right. I'm yeah. sorry about that. What's up? Um, friend of mine. A friend of mine is a lawyer for MLB, and she actually let me know that there are banned substances that are acceptable to use when you're on the injured list if you get permission, but I just think, like, should it matter what Tatis is taking, even if it was purposeful, if it's not in his system when he's actually playing competition? And that's just a thought I've had, like, like, should it matter to us if a player used something that is considered a banned substance if they're not actually on the field in competition? And I'll let you go, because I'm going through a bad area. I just listened to uh, well, what you have to say. Thank well, I appreciate the call, the call. And, and this is actually – a fun conversation I like to have. And it's one that maybe doesn't account for all of the variables that exist. But I did wonder a few years ago, as baseball began to really crack down on performance-enhancing drugs, I, I wonder this out loud. Like, is it, is it possible for us to find a way to allow athletes to use substances that just help them recover quicker? Now I'm not a, a I'm not a PED expert, so I don't know if there's a way to separate those types of drugs versus ones that enhance you as far as your athletic ability when it comes to you know being stronger and, and more powerful testosterone. But I just the reason why I, I thought about this was because like it's better to have your best players on the field. Like we we want to see these guys competing at the highest level. So them getting injured it sucks, and if there's a way for them to get better faster like i would love to to have that be an option so it's 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 one of my favorite conversations to have as far as peds now for tatis jr how about this jake is it like would you rather everyone think that you are someone who's juicing because you want to get stronger and you're just a cheater or let them know that you've got a ringworm well, here's the thing, like for a while, and I know it's probably just trolls on Twitter, but with this amazing season that Aaron Judge has been having and his ginormous body being six foot seven, there's the haters out there that are like, oh, he's clearly juicing, but you know, the MLB doesn't want one of their top stars being suspended, so they allow it. <laughs> I mean, Fernando Tatis Jr., if anyone is the golden child of Major League Baseball, it's him. So clearly it's not like, oh, we can't suspend a top guy because it would be bad for business. Losing Fernando Tatis Jr. after the Padres just acquired Juan Soto is a huge blow, not just for Padres fans, but for baseball baseball in general. This is the guy that a lot of people said is the future of the league, is going to completely change the league. And now let's talk about that contract a little bit. Because realistically, no one really knows what's going to happen with the injuries and now this PED talk. That contract might go down as arguably 
one of the worst contracts of all time. And that's the thing with these crazy contracts. They gave him 14 years, $340 million. I don't think I've ever seen any of these 12, 13, 14-year deals actually pan out. Tom. Yeah, but the difference is, and just to argue the other side, uh, him getting this at 22 versus a guy getting a, a long-term deal at age 30, 31, 32, that's where it becomes more acceptable because I it, it. it's going to age better. But I'm with you. And and listen, I, I saw comments. I don't know if it was the GM or someone involved with the um, Padres organization talking about trust and there being a, a level of trust that um, that just isn't there right now. Padres GM AJ Preller on Fernando Tatis and trust issues. I think what we need to do is get to a point in time where we trust. Over the course of the last six or seven months, I think that's been something that we haven't really been able to have. Yeah, it doesn't sound great when you just gave this guy 14, 14 years, $340 million. So uh, if you're Tatis and you know the Hall of Fame doesn't matter, you're good. That money's coming to you unless you like retire or you keep getting suspended. You don't have to juice any—I don't know if it was a ringworm or so whatever. So, Ty, do you think— You don't his, have to juice anymore. You're getting that money, so you're good. Do you think if he—so say he comes back next season and then for the next decade has, you know, just the numbers that we expect him to have, or at least a lot of people expect him to have, you think no Hall of Fame just because of this PED suspension? Well, it's so funny you mention that. Uh, my guy, Justin Termini, who, you know, hosts— us on on Sirius XM put out a funny what I thought was a, a funny tweet yesterday, and um, so the uh, the suspension is announced for uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. and just determined he puts out a tweet quote tweet that he says at least this won't prevent him from someday making the Hall of Fame since David Ortiz just made it. Now it's funny because I had the same argument like we just forgot about David Ortiz being on that PD list in 2003. The difference is. He's Tatis Jr. is being suspended. I don't think guys who get suspended for performance-enhancing drugs are getting into the Hall of Fame. Maybe that changes one day because there is a world where I think A-Rod should be in the Hall of Fame. Bonds and Clemens never got suspended, but those guys should be in the Hall. I don't want to go down that whole rabbit hole um, because there's just so much to do today. But I don't know. Maybe it changes, but Cano, like he was destined to be a Hall of Famer. I think it changes with, you know— a kind of the younger generation. Like you said, I, I agree with you. Bonds, Clemens, those guys should be in the Hall of Fame. But you see it with Judge this season kind of getting close, which is unbelievable to those graphics that they show during the games with his home run chase next to Bonds and, and Babe Ruth and, Babe Ruth <laughs> and Maris. It's, it's really incredible. But it just shows you, like, you hear the question all the time, like, what do you consider the home run record? It's like the fact that the entire league or all the fans are not on the same page. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's a and mess then, when we when we talk about records and Hall of Fame that are supposed to be two of the most, um, you know, decorated accomplishments, and you know we can't get on the same page about it because it's controversy with you know PED use. Yeah, it's a, it's a giant mess. Um, a giant mess. Also, me just butchering the clock because Stump Rothenberg was supposed to have started six minutes ago. Uh, I'm now being screamed at, told that we need to get to break because Stump Rothenberg is coming up next. So line up the phone calls, 800-919-3776. Remember, I'm 29 years old. Let's not go crazy with the 1961 World Series. Let's let's, let's go easy on the young boy, Ty, right here on 9870 ESPN. 
He's pompous. Listen, shut up and I'll tell you the story. He's arrogant. Do you think there's a lot of things out there that I wouldn't be good at? And sometimes he's downright mean. I know you know what that's like. To be that uncomfortable, pimply-faced, not very popular kid. (laughs) But now it's your chance to prove him wrong. It's dumb. Call 800-919-3776 with your question and let's stump. Dave Rothenberg. All right. We, we don't need, you know, the 55 NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm a 29-year-old living in New York City. Let's take it easy. Stump Rothenberg on 98.7 ESPN brought to you by Cooper Tire. Uh, let's go to Richard in Manhattan to, to lead us off on Stump Rothenberg. What's up, Richard? Hi, Ty. Ty, the Mets are holding all-time stay in they a couple are. of weeks. They are. All right. 65 former players and managers are coming back. 65. The longest tenured player coming back is Ed Cranepool. He was there 18 years, from 62 to 77. Who's the second longest tenured player coming back? This is actually a good question. Um, I don't know that I have the answer to it. You know what? I'm just going to go Mookie Wilson. That was close. I think he's nine years. This guy was 13 years. Cleon Jones. Oh, wow. Okay. So I got that one wrong. Good job, right. Always a pleasure. Oh, thank you, Richard. That's not that's not a bad job, Richard. I do like it. Mets biting off the Yankees, going old timers day. Um, little brother in town, got to do what the Yankees do. But that's a good question. So now I know that. Ed Crane, Bull, Cleon Jones, uh, Jonathan in LA wants to check in on Stump Rothenberg. What's up, Jonathan? Hey, how's it going, Ty? Good morning. What up? Uh, all right, man. So, uh, so the, you're a Lakers fan, so you should know this. So the Lakers lost against the Pistons in 2004. Lost in five so games. Jack, yep, lost in five lost games. That was the games. end of Shaq in L.A., yep. Uh, that was pretty devastating. So Phil Jackson didn't end up resigning with the Lakers. Who did the Lakers replace them with? What Come on, coach? Rudy Tomjanovich. That's that's a layup oh, for well, me. I'm a Lakers fan. Come on. Come on, <laughs> Jonathan in L.A. Come on. You got you to yeah, come yeah, better yeah, than that, my that. G. Got to come better than that, my G. Yeah, Phil Jackson. Uh, that was he, so he retired and then returned when the Lakers um, were back in contention. That was I think he came back in '05. Lakers get to the finals in '08, '09, and 2010, and they won the latter of those two years. Phil Jackson swept in 2011, and that was all she wrote for Phil before Mike Brown came on board. And now we got Darvin Ham. So things are looking up in L.A. Sal and Valley Stream wants to check um, in on Stop hey. Rothenberg. What's up, Sal? It's a, a quick question for you. What's Who up? was the first person to hug Derek Jeter when he touched home plate in the game of his 3,000th hit against the Tampa Bay Rays? Well, I know this because I was actually at that game, and it was Jorge Posada. Oh, cool. You're correct. Yeah, so I, I was there. That's one of the you most. Can we get the ding there? There we go. That's one of my favorite memories. Uh, it's, it's an icebreaker moment. It's tell me something cool about yourself. Well, my favorite all-time baseball player is Derek Jeter. I was in the ballpark for his 3,000th hit. And, you know, that was a pretty cool moment for me. Jeter not known for his power, obviously. So for that to happen, history with an exclamation point, as Michael Kay said. So I'm 2-1. Not bad, Jake. Not too bad. And I was thinking, like, you know, when Gordon fills in, we do Dupe Damer. When Anita fills in, question marks. Do we have a cool name for the tie? Not yet. Not yet. I we feel gotta... like it's a little too premature. It's like it's our first date. We don't want to start talking about, you know, vacationing together. I got you. But, yeah, I think you're doing a day pretty proud today. Not bad. Um, any of you guys got something for me? 
So here's the thing. I was wondering, would you want to do a possible five-pack? I know you're not like Dave with the colleges, but I'm going to keep it kind of in your wheelhouse a little bit with maybe some NBA All-Stars and not from like 1970, but maybe from the last decade or so. So All right, let's do it. All right, let's have some fun with this. So your five-pack that we usually do with Dave with the college players. This is going to be tough. You're scared, aren't you? I'm nervous. All right, we got our first one. Chris Paul. Chris Paul went to, I know this. I do know this. Chris Paul. Uh, Chris Paul. Where did Chris Paul go? I don't know why Wake Forest is in my head. Um, where did Chris Paul go? I know this. Chris Paul, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was that the 04 draft? Wake Forest is in my head for some reason. So I'm going to go with Wake Forest. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. All right, man. Go with your confidence. Oh, there, there you go. go. There Not we go. Too bad. <laughs> there we go. You were a little scared there. There we go. All right. Let's go with Tim Duncan. Oh, come on. Tim Duncan, Wake Forest. P- final answer? Final answer. All right. Yeah, you're, you're starting to get some confidence. <laughs> that is correct. Let's go with LaMarcus Aldridge. Ooh, this is a tough one. I don't know that I know this. LaMarcus Aldridge. Marcus Aldridge. I actually don't know this. Um, Marcus Aldridge. Drafted by the Blazers. Where did Marcus Aldridge go? He was a top pick. <sighs> oh, this is a tough one. Um, I'm just going to throw it's it out. You don't have to be Dave and go I'm going to throw it at a random school. Uh, let's just go Oregon. Oregon is a good guess. But not the correct one. But not the correct one. It is the <clears throat> University of Texas. That was, that was I believe that was the 06 draft, if I'm not mistaken. That was good old Kevin Durant. Uh, yes. Uh, yes, that was. No, no, that wasn't the Kevin Durant draft. Mm. No, because Greg Oden went number one True. overall. True, yes. And then are, Durant went number two. That is correct. So that was the year before Durant, I believe. All right, so you're two and one with the college, which is still pretty solid. Let's go with Zach Randolph. I think we had. I think I gave Dave this one before. Uh, Zach Randolph. I, I think what I remember about this. I, By the way, it, this is all 2013 NBA All Stars. So I'm just kind of going through some of Zach the- Randolph. Wow, that that feels like a long time ago. So I think it's Michigan State, and the reason why I remember this is because when the conversation about like most triple doubles came up. I, I just remember his name being floated around with Draymond Green. We, 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 Caller had a question about triple doubles in college. Michigan State, Zach Randolph. So I'm going to go with Michigan State. And Ty, you are making Dave very proud. That go. is correct again. Let's end it here. Let's end it, it here. No, we got to go with the. We, it's not a four pack. It's a five pack. Let's do it. All right. The final 2013 NBA All Star that I'm going with is. He was on the Knicks for a little bit. Not that Knicks fans were happy about it. Joe Joakim Kim Noah. Noah. Yes, sir. Uh, he went to Florida. That's an easy one. All right, right. and there he you won go. A championship I want to go there out on a high note. Not too bad. There we go. That was good. I like that. I like the degree of difficulty there. Well, I wasn't going to give you, you know, 1973 bench player on the <laughs> yeah. Knicks. And somehow Dave ends up pulling that out of his rear end. But and I uh, wonder how. The, the Wi Fi seems to be pretty, pretty good uh, at Dave's <laughs> oh, residence. Oh, wow. Shots fired <laughs> we at, were, the, uh, at the, uh, the old. The old boss, the, o- the OG, the OG. We're going until noon. More of your phone calls coming up. Uh, reacting to the Yankees in the midst of a losing streak uh, right now that has fans panicking. 
The Jets, looks like we might be getting some favorable news on Zach Wilson. The Giants, got to talk about them after their preseason matchup, beating the Patriots on Thursday night. The Mets looking to rebound after losing to the Phillies last night. Some more NFL big football news that we'll get to. But that's Stump Rothenberg brought to you by Cooper Tire. For high-performing quality tires at affordable prices, come to Mavis for Cooper Brand Tires. Mavis always provides best-in-class customer service. Visit Mavis at MavisTire.com. I believe it's actually Mavis, so bad job by me. MavisTire.com. I'm nervous. The nerves are all over the place. You don't want to embarrass yourself in a trivia segment. So it has you, like, pronouncing things that you know how to pronounce uh, incorrectly. So visit MavisTire.com. All your phone calls coming up right here on 9870 ESPN. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com.